0: Hey folks, it's Saturday, September 9th. I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. It's a fairly lovely Saturday afternoon. I'm on my way to the Portland Convention Center, or the Oregon Convention Center in Portland, where I'll be attending Rose City Comic Con. This is actually the first comic convention that I've attended. I've gone to, uh, oh, that's actually not true. I've gone to C2E2, the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo, a couple of times. Uh, This is the first time in a while that I've been to a comic convention instead of a, a game show of some kind. Yesterday I spoke on a panel about gendering AI, the things that happen in media when we assign gender to artificial intelligence and some of the reasons why we do that. I can totally admit (laughs) there were far more qualified people on the panel to have the discussion than I was, but uh, it was a really awesome discussion and I believe somebody either live streamed it or recorded it, so if I can find that, I will try to do what I can to grab some clips or information from that. While I'm on my way to the convention center, I wanted to run back a piece that I uh, aired here on Intelligame Radio a couple of days ago, specifically about the re-release of Ellie in the Water. I got a call in that I think, <clears throat> pardon me, is worth addressing in regards to some of the situations from that piece. And so uh, <clears throat> I figured we would take a second to have a little bit of discussion before hitting the show floor. Rockstar Games announced today that they are re-releasing L.A. Noire, 1940s detective simulator where you play as Cole Phelps, a World War I veteran returned from the war who takes on a job as a Los Angeles detective, police officer, climbing the ranks through tools of, you know, things like white supremacy and, and racism and intolerance for mental health issues, and misogyny. Can you tell I'm not that excited? Like, <laughs> uh, for folks who may be newer to Intelligame Radio, we actually streamed L.A. Noir for a number of weeks over the, uh, for Let's play and ended up abandoning the game early for a number of reasons. One of it, or a part of it, was the, just, being forced, but personally, being forced into the role of a police officer who seems to indiscriminately shoot victims, or uh, shoot criminals, and uh, also perpetuate a system of misogyny and racism, uh, yeah, I was just, I was not feeling it. The second reason is that from a design perspective, there are a number of things that L.A. Noir, I think, was attempting to essentially fit into the shoes of a grand theft auto style um game and it just didn't fit there are side quests where practically every side quest involves you killing somebody and never going in for a psychological evaluation and getting your badge taken away uh there are uh there are side objectives uh there's a sort of gotta catch them all drive every car in the game except as a police officer the only way for you to get access to most of those cars is to take them from other people on the street which doesn't inherently make any sense and and though i remember admittedly pieces of the ending and feel like there is a sort of cole phelps gets his due the system that is perpetuated all the way up to that point uh It just didn't feel like something that i could push forward so the idea that now in a world with the election of donald trump with white supremacy on on the rise with uh, rallies with the unite the right rally in charlottesville virginia and just there's (laughs) this feels like the worst time to be bringing back l.a noir Now, this isn't to say that the game isn't going to be graphically superb i'm sure that this new hd release is going to come with new textures and lighting and the game was already ridiculously pretty Uh, for folks who may have been watching the stream that was just the classic edition of la noir just running on a on a gaming laptop so it's already uh, we know it's going to look good I think it's probably going to sell well too because it does hit the nostalgia button in a number of ways flashing back to people's early you know time with the 360 or ps3 game and also uh calling back to the 1940s uh mad men i believe era-esque thing for now i i can basically just say this is not something i'm interested in and i'm glad that i was reading Tahanisi coates his uh, recent article in The Atlantic about Donald Trump being the quote-unquote first white president Uh, when I got the news. Somehow it seemed quite appropriate. All right, let's go ahead and take a call from Michael
1: Conway, and we'll have a little bit of a discussion. Hey, Josh. Um, On LA Noir*, I'd have to say the sad part is, though, that most of the themes you're presented with are way too appropriate to the time frame. They don't have as much of an appropriateness to this time frame because much of the politics, the divisiveness in our politics today, has all to do with uh, opportunists, not necessarily. It's like our president is not a white supremacist. Okay, he's an Americanist, if anything. So he, he's really trying to put this country back on its feet. And it's been off on his heels for quite some time, getting ready to topple over. So he's got his job cut out for him. Uh, I need to do this in multiple parts. All right, we're going to try this yet again for the part two person with all the opportunists in in the political spectrum, including Antifa and including the neo-Nazis and including the, you know, even BLM, and I'm not saying everything about Black Lives Matter is wrong. What I'm saying is there are sects within that group that are, if not actually terrorist organizations, they're definitely verging on it. And that is something we have to think about, why this country is tearing itself apart. It's because people don't understand how to have civil discourse anymore. They can't discuss something, have two different opinions, and leave it at that. They have to scream at the top of their lungs and have to beat you with a stick to beat it into your head. It's not necessary
0: civil thanks for calling in michael i know we tend to disagree but i'm glad you're still here for the discussion Um, i think you brought up a number of points that are uh, worth having a talk about Uh, first off if donald trump is not a white supremacist the idea that he takes a consistent number of actions that get white supremacists really excited is probably something that i would be taking a look at if i were in his shoes and not a white supremacist or i should say were against the ideas of white supremacy if this concept of what you term Americanism happens to run so in league with white supremacy, uh, we should question what Americanism then is and how it addresses the millions of Americans who are not white because these policies tend to be getting white supremacists really excited. Uh, secondly. The idea of L.A. Noir addressing things that are uh, accurate to its time frame. L.A. Noir not only reinforces some problematic ideals that may have been, quote-unquote, historically accurate, uh, though there are a number of folks out there who would say that historical accuracy, um, well when you're portraying ideas of historical accuracy, but you're portraying them in a modern context, um, you should probably have a reason why you are doing that. And if you are just reinforcing a set of stereotypes, as opposed to providing a critique or a lens or an insight, uh, you may be doing more harm than good. But in addition to that, there are some narrative and design choices that LA Noir makes that are inherently problematic, from disregarding the need for care of the mentally ill, to problematic attitudes in regards to race and gender. Uh, you can read about it over at Intelligame.us. There's an article about why I stopped the live stream of LA Noir, as well as uh, links to some of the live streams that we did on Twitch, which will hopefully give you more of those situations that are individually called out about some of L.A. Noir's problematic nature. Overall though, this idea of opportunists getting involved and wanting to somehow take advantage of the political climate, um, I, I think there are a couple of problems. One, the idea that Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, hold some sort of parallels to Nazis, Nazis who have a vested, called out platform of white supremacy, as opposed to Antifa or Black Lives Matter, which are not calling for the death or eradication of a particular group, uh, or even the deportation of a particular group, uh, but instead are saying, uh, Black Lives Matter, and we are Uh, (laughs) anti-fascists. Though there uh, may be some interesting actors in each of those groups to assert that there are parallels between them, simply because they are both groups representing a viewpoint um, I think does damage to the, uh, to the conversation overall. Uh, as far as civil discourse is concerned, well, when groups like the KKK or Nazis are calling for the, the death or, or violence, uh, calling for death towards people of a particular group or for specific violence towards racial groups, towards uh, members of LGBT communities, well, at that point the civil discourse has already ended. And to assume that the groups that are running attempting to counter uh, that type of discourse are the ones who are eradicating the ability to be civil, uh, well, it, it puts the argument out of order. There are a number of ways I think we could go into this, but of course, anchor segments are limited to five minutes. I hope that this gives a little bit of, uh, of context as to why I think there's a little bit more depth. Um, or nuance to the situation than than might have gone through. But uh, if other folks have questions or comments or things that they'd like to add, uh, feel free to call in and we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I'm still not buying that new release L.A. Noir. I finally made it back to base after a pretty busy day. You can hear I'm a little bit out of energy. Though uh, my voice is coming back, which is good. I was lucky today to speak on a panel about self-care, specifically self-care in nerd spaces. And I want to thank Paige uh, Macmur and then thank the other panelists, uh, Valeria, Roger, Sarah, and Abby for all uh, participating. It was a really awesome opportunity to engage in some really meaningful discussion and to hear everybody disclose these stories that were very personal about their lives, um, interacting in nerd spaces and dealing with either work or friends or whatever, um, and how to handle those situations and learn how to take care of yourself. Uh, It was really important. Uh, I also thought it was interesting uh, Sarah in particular had mentioned that there's some do as I say not as I do that happens at these panels uh, that you know frequently folks who work in these spaces can push themselves to full ho- levels that are not healthy and it's important for us to have these discussions because we have to acknowledge where are some of those boundaries and limits if they if they don't currently exist there where they should be and it's also really great to be able to share stories and ideas and resources with other people in the community who can resonate with the situations you're going through i think about it personally as somebody who's trying to run this video game website and so frequently people will say oh you know you Play video games all day? How great. That must be, you know, my 10-year-old would love that job. Um, And there are, you know, there are things about working in this space that are amazing. And I'm so thankful to be able to interact with all of these professionals who are working to make these worlds that we care about every day. At the same time, there's a lot of pressure that comes with the idea of running your own business and trying to make money and... All those kinds of things. So, it helps to be in a space where people have the same priorities, the same in, you know set of enjoyment as I do. You know, other people who are working in the nerd spaces, whether they are uh, coordinating events or cosplayers or uh, you know other other game critics, artists, what have you. It was really great to be able to share information. I was able to rip some audio i don't know how it came out so hopefully i'll be able to take away some of that and clip it into intelligame radio in the coming week but um, i just wanted to say it was a really awesome opportunity to be able to share some of that information with folks and i'm hopefully looking forward to being able to do that in the future um, I would totally encourage folks, if you are going to comic conventions, to look for opportunities like that. To look for panels or um, seminars where people are sharing information, not just about um, you know, meeting your favorite celebrities or, or whatever, but also you know, where you can get tips to work in the industry or survive in the industry, um, if that is something that is a goal for you conventions can be a really awesome place to do that and make some great friends on the way